What's up, gang? How are you? How's your week going? Is it going well? Good. I'm glad. Uh, second question, follow-up question. Are you ready for another episode of Terribly Funny? Oh, man, I hope so, because here it comes. Uh, hi, how are you guys? Uh, I'm your host, your buddy, your pal, Steve Bazalone, and this is, of course, the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible things. You get it. You understand how it works. Um, hey, this is kind of cool. Usually, I interview uh, friends and pals and acquaintances uh, throughout the greater Los Angeles area, but for the next two episodes... I'm talking to friends who live in New York. Yes, we took Terribly Funny on the road. We, I mean me and my shitty recorder, went to New York and uh, hung out with some uh, the next two weeks talking to lovely ladies, uh, both other Brooklyn apartments. So that's exciting. Um, but today we have a wonderful guest. Uh, first up is Leslie Headland. What can I tell you about Leslie? She's an old friend. Uh, she's wildly talented, hyper articulate, very smart, very funny, a great writer and director. Um, she started off uh, writing plays, and she's going to, in this episode, tell us a little bit uh, about that, how she got started doing that, and I think it's fascinating and really kind of lovely. Um, but she started off writing plays. She wrote a play called Bachelorette, which she uh, later turned into a movie that she wrote and directed, uh, which is great. If you've not seen it, go check it out. She also wrote a show called a play called Assistance, which she later sold to NBC as a TV show. Um, and she also wrote and directed a movie called Sleeping With Other People, with Jason Sudeikis and Allison Brie and Adam Scott and she talks about that a little bit and it's great. It's a fun movie. If you haven't seen her work, go check it out. She's very talented. She's going to be doing a lot of very cool things for a very very long time. Um, We're going to get to that in a second because she's going to talk to us about fun stuff uh, like uh, addiction. Ooh. Also, you know, uh, writing and Hollywood stuff, but mostly booze and it's it's really uh, earnest and fun, so get ready for that. But before we get to that, here comes your vitamins. Uh, hey, gang, do you like the show? If you do, go to our iTunes page. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Those are nice things. Also, tell your friends about it if you like the show. You know, it's a fun thing to talk about at a cocktail party. Hey, what have you been up to recently? Well, you know, uh, work mostly. That's sucking my soul. But here's something fun that I like. This great podcast. That's just a sample. You can say whatever you want. Uh, but you can also check us out on all the social media. We're on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Terribly Funny Podcast. Um, we can, you can also check us out and tweet about us at Terribly underscore funny. And you can uh, have a little open dialogue with us. You can send me an email. You can say, hey man, how you doing? How's it going? I love the show. Or I like the show. Or I'm just bored. Drop me a line at terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail. There you go. I'm done with that part. It was relatively painless, right? Good. Okay, so let's get to the fun part. Uh, the headliner, as they say. Uh, it's Leslie Headland talking about addiction. Here we go. Theme music, please. I mean, I, I find it very difficult. Yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to do because... Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, so kind of you, by the way, for bringing oh, that. My that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It will much. definitely get used because I, I do it. I bring it on planes. And your Xanax. Yeah, See, it's on, my Xanax. On yeah. planes. Why well, actually yeah. take that on planes? But, uh... Oh, my, my spirit story was that I was sitting there, like, not taking off for six hours or something oh, no. crazy like that. I was just... And it was a tiny little flight from L.A. to Denver mm-hmm. to see my sister, and I just sat there and colored the but whole time. isn't that time. the fucking worst when it's a tiny flight? I couldn't believe forever? it. You yeah. wait forever. I was like, guys, I, I literally could have gone to New York. Yeah. You know, and... Or I could have driven almost <laughs> to Denver. <laughs> That's so true. I could yeah. just rented a car mm-hmm. and driven from Los Angeles to Denver and made it. I had, like, once Time a, for dinner. a flight to... to to Vegas was going there for some stupid reason and I think we sat on the tarmac for like two hours I was like yeah. I by the time like this is going to take way more than all of the time combined of driving 
It's a garbage situation, but you know, it happens. It totally happens. I could see you. I, uh, driving down to Vegas though in like a very swingers kind of way oh no you know? well I, yeah I mean like driving through the desert is like my favorite yeah I love it I don't know yeah. why it's like so cathartic and like, it, no it's lovely it's lovely one of I think one of the most like you know I, I was n- nervous about doing this podcast because mm-hmm. I have a very terrible memory like I, I can't yeah, really fair. remember a lot of stuff yep. I, I think I block I either block a lot of stuff out or it's that, you know, not to compare myself to Sherlock Holmes, but it's that... No, no, no. It's that I, everybody's doing it, so you might as well as well. <laughs> it's that idea that, like, I work a lot and I love working and, and I love being in the moment and I sort of don't really think about it. Like, I sort yeah. of... I'm like, I don't have room in my brain addict. Addict? 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 Yeah. Well, you also addict. are huge into opiates, much like Sherlock. So. <laughs> I get it. It, it all tracks. All so I was a little sense. concerned about that. I was a little concerned about that for this. But um, wait, why? See, I can't even remember why I brought it up. Talking about the desert. Driving oh, the desert. one memory that does come to me very, very purely is driving through. Uh, it was driving through Joshua Tree mm-hmm. with my dad. Oh, that's cool. Nat King Cole, Stardust. Yeah, sure. Fucking, you know, uh, sunset. Yeah. Just. One of the most beautiful, peaceful moments In, of my life. Yeah, just, yeah. just so like, yeah, like you just you you have those kinds of memories or those moments, and you're like, yeah, when I die, I think that's probably going to be. be... I think that's what it is. Well, I don't know. You grew up your East Coast, right? Yes. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. So... I was born in Long Beach, though. Oh, really? Ironically, For like how in, long? A, in a big twist. Sure, um... that's a twist. You and <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I feel like kind of awesome. Um, well, that's what people compare you to Sherlock and Snoop. That's yeah, so those are my sort of go-to vibes. Those are Patronuses, right? Yeah, they're my mascots. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, yeah, but mostly East Coast, like Maryland, D.C. I think that's partially Connecticut. Why, like, I'm yeah. so fascinated by it is because it's so foreign to anything I grew up in. I grew yeah. up in like trees and hills. Yeah. And a lot of gray weather. Yeah. And like rivers. Yeah. So like oceans are one thing that is just so calming because it's so otherworldly. Me too, yeah. But deserts is like, because I, I experienced beaches. I went to, we took vacations occasionally, so I know beaches. Yeah. But deserts, I didn't experience until I was moved to LA and I was 23 and I went to like I would say the same desert. and it was yeah. just like what is this this is fucking fascinating I, I would say the same yeah and it was very you know I remember the first time I went out to Joshua Tree and I was probably a little older than that yeah. and I went to um, Flying Burrito Brothers what's his name Graham oh, uh, Nash Graham Nash yeah. yeah I went to the place where like he overdosed or died or something that's cool fucking stayed there sure. I was like I mean literally it was so crazy and then like went out and hiked and did all this stuff and just sort of, you know, was super, super deserty, yeah, <laughs> super, yeah. super, super dark, just super deserty. And did a bunch peyote. of peyote. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most deserty, right? Did a bunch of peyote yeah. um, and, uh, you know, very fear and loathing situation. Yep. Yeah. I wish I'd done, pe- I wish, I, I wish, the only sad part about getting sober is not having done peyote. That's really the sad part. That's for the me. one regret. Yeah, See, I feel like I am going through like a bit of an adolescence now. Oh yeah, because I was uh, a bit of a like a goody goody puss when I was younger. Yeah. So like I smoked some pot. Like, yeah, me was, too. Like, in yeah. Middle school, early high school, and then I stopped it because I had a bunch of friends who were like had parole officers for dumb shit. It was like suburbs, and they like spray painted. <laughs> But it was like enough of like, this feels this feels like I'm going down a wrong path. Yeah. Um, 
And then like, you know, smoked a little bit of pot in college, but like I didn't do much. And then I was sick my whole twenties. So when like most people were doing like, uh, you know, being dum-dums and like figuring right. it out, like I was just shitting my brains out. Yeah. And so now like the last three years I've been single, which I didn't anticipate being. So it's, right. like, it's like for the first time, like I'd never had a booty call up until I was like, oh, 33 God. years old. Oh, wow. I just never done that. And it's like, so like there's an interesting, like my relationship towards sex has changed a lot. Oh, yeah. And then also... I've like just not a ton, but I like I'm dipping into like drugs. Wow, fun, crazy. Yeah. And not even like I still have not done mushrooms or uh, I guess that's it. I mean, I've done. I don't know. I'm, I'm, have I'm you not done, gonna do the hard ones. Have you done acid though? No, I don't you, want to, chemicals. I don't know. Okay, maybe 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 the kids are like doing ayahuasca or whatever. Yeah. I loved acid. I, I loved. I didn't do it that often, but yeah. the few times that I did, I did do it. I was Look, like, this is a, my. I'll give it a shot. I guess I'm yeah. gonna want to try mushrooms first though before I do. Do mushrooms first for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's like I'm doing it backwards. I'm doing it like everybody else doing it young, and now I'm like, well, I'll, I'll fuck. I'll try. Uh, but I think that's better though. I mean, yeah, you I mean, can't like, I'm really. I'm a person. I'm not gonna fuck it up. I hopefully exactly. I, I'm, a neurotic I don't I don't think you can really experience that stuff I mean I guess I did but it's like you can't really experience that stuff when you're just like you know your frontal lobe hasn't developed a little bit because you're just like you're clay and I think are you even appreciating the high like that's my question I mean I I don't know if I ever appreciated a high to be honest actually now that I say it because it's just so that's the sad part about being an addict is that you're just like you, you just you know, you could be, I mean, I think it manifests differently for everybody, but like my experience was like, you know, like the last drink I ever took was like, I was at this guy's place in not, what is that place called? Oh, Laurel Canyon. Sure. And I was like, you know, I don't know if we were going to, I don't really quite remember you know, how we got there. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a friend of mine, you know, like, and I don't, maybe we were going to have a sexual sure. encounter a or a dalliance or yeah. like, maybe we were just hanging out. I'm not quite sure how, I just remember coming out of the blackout and being there and sort of, uh, maybe not a blackout, but like a brownout, you know, sure. like, of like, I guess we went to a strip club and then we did something else. And I, maybe I had gone on a date with somebody else earlier that night. Those are always the crazy nights. Yeah. Like, like it was one thing and like, what is this life? Like, like? am I conflating several yeah. days together? Uh-huh. That could be true too. Cause I would, I would really, when I did, you know, I had periods of sobriety, but then when I would relapse, it was like, I was gone. Was that a conscious choice though? Did you have this drink and like, this is my last drink or it just like happened to be that way? No, it just happened to be that way. We were drinking. I, I remember it was like a pinkish wine, which I was sure. like, what the fuck is this? I mean, I just, I'm whiskey through and through. That's it. That's all I ever drink. Much the same. Yeah. Wild Turkey uh, 101. Just oh, wow. the nastiest just, just piece the base, of shit. Yeah. Like basement, like just, some, I want to get fucked Some rock gut. Let's yeah. do this. It's like, it's, it's really sad. Cause you, I think that's sort of my point is that it's like, you just don't, you're not even enjoying being drunk. You know, you're just like, I yeah. need to get, you know, you're, I, you're waiting for the click. Yeah. I need the click in my brain, which mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, the cat on a hot tin roof thing. That's how I always explained it to people. Or I would say really, I needed to get to the point where I couldn't bring the bottle to my mouth anymore. Right. Like it's quite literally, I had to numb myself so much from the, from the, from the neck down right. that I couldn't do what I wanted to do anymore and would completely like at that point sort of, you know, either, you know, pass out or but I was like a you know but anyway my last drink I'm, we're drinking together and he sort of we're talking and then he falls over like sure. very like like uh, Wallace Shawn and the Princess Bride like oh, sort okay. of mid-sentence just like goes down <laughs> yeah. and I realize that I'm extremely lucid like not that I haven't been drunk but that I'm not really feeling it was almost like I was jealous of his 
Yeah, yeah. I, I just couldn't this was believe not, this was not for comedic effect this was just full and like I'm done now yeah I'm done now boom he was yeah. out you know and I and I you know didn't help him up I just left him there and I went out to smoke a cigarette um because I was still smoking at the time and I and I just remember you know this is one of those memories I'll always sort of keep and I think that's why it's my last drink you know I've, of just feeling this really intense one aloneness mm-hmm. you know like within the universe of sure. just like you're just fucked like you, you don't have anyone, like even the people that care about you, you've put up such a, you know, this right. puts up such a wall between you and them Two, this shit isn't even working. You're super lucid right now. Right. You've been drinking all night and right. yes, you've been having periods of like, you know, drunkenness out of, out of body kind of. Yeah. Enjoy. But you are not like right now you are completely, you know, exactly what you're doing here. You know, right from wrong. Yeah. You know, like you, you know. And three, that you have no control. You don't actually have the control to stop doing this, you know, like on your own. And I think that's the hard part, you know, of, you know, just complete, you know, just admitting complete defeat of like, there's just something wrong with me. Like, I I just am a good old fashioned drunk. Like, uh, you know... And, and, and that was it. And it wasn't that I like made this choice to have like a better life and like blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was years and years and years of like trying to, to get sober and, and, um, I'm sorry to stay sober and, and, uh, and, and, um, so many other things came to light once that started to, you know, like so many other fucking problems started to come to whatever. But, you know, now it's like, I mean, I just was, I just can't believe that I'm sitting here like having a regular conversation with a person because I am a person that I, I am the type of drunk that would wake up and there would be a bottle by my bed. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, not, not fun. Like we like in not medicine, good, like good, time. good times. times. Like, I mean, I literally am like, you know, if I had my way, you know, I would, I would leaving Las Vegas it, you know, right. like I would just drink myself to death. Right. Like I remember one time I was in Chicago and uh, I had a, I had a, a relapse and I, um, uh, you know, to the point where like, I'm in Chicago, my, my, my boyfriend at the time is like in LA, hasn't heard from me for 24 hours. Sure. You know, like I, I'm just gone. I'm like making out with the married guy that yeah. I'm working with. Like, I, I'm just like fucking, he's trying to like, he's got like a newborn, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, we've. We are both just teetering on the edge. On the edge of the abyss, you know? Was there moments of like, well, a couple questions. Was there moments where that was like, this is like romantic? Not in like the traditional sense, but there's like... Very much in the beginning. Right. Like when I was... chasing that kind of feeling? Yeah. Like when I was certainly with hallucinogens, Mm -hmm. I had a blast. Sure. When I was like 20, 21, 22. I loved mushrooms. I would buy them. I would put them in my freezer. I would eat them before going to class, before going to movies, before going to to parties. And my my favorite thing to do was to, you know, if I had the money and the the connection would be to go to a party tripping Mm -hmm. and see how long I could act normal. Like, how long can I be normal? Well, that's a fun game. So fun. That. And then, so people's faces would, you know, like mid-conversation would start like, you Certain know. Group, like you know, Bell palsy. And I just start laughing, uh-huh. you know? And, and I remember one time my friend Jason was like, are you fucking tripping, man? You know, and I was like, <laughs> you yeah, got me. You got me. Ah, and he was one. so mad. I was oh, like, really? why are you mad? Fuck you, man. Like, you know, I just want to, I went to see so many. I saw, I remember seeing, um, 
I saw one hour photo just oh, fucking sure. tripping my balls off. I saw, I don't know if I saw Requiem for a Dream. I was definitely high when I saw Requiem well, for a one. Dream. That's the one that just, everybody's on drugs. Yeah. Drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Drugs, and drugs, I was drugs. like, it's just funny that I came out of that movie being like, yeah. you know, it's just heroin, man. I mean, I don't do heroin, you know, like, totally so, fine. you know, it's like. <laughs> I'm not going to do ass to ass because I didn't do heroin. Exactly. <laughs> it's just it's like, not going to yell at it me. It totally went over my head. I was like, I was like, cool edits. Peace, you know, like yeah, man. She made pills seem pretty cool. But she it was also really that was such a fun time, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, sure. two thousand one. You know, like for drugs and besides, drugs. except for nine eleven, which we'll get, we I'm sure we'll get to. But like, oh, everything comes back. To that, so that period of ninety nine to two thousand and two was not only such a renaissance for film, but like for me as a human. You know, there are so many instances that are connected between going to see Ichumama Tambien and then spending the rest of the night doing drinking tequila with my friends and like fucking some random guy. Right, you right. know what I mean? Like, and it was like, you know, like it, it just felt like such a period of like, yes, you know, yeah. like I, and so if I were chasing anything, I think it would be that. Although mm. it, as that receded in the rear view mirror, I don't know really if it was a, good reason to drink or a good reason to even try to, you know, like it just, it started to very quickly and around 2003 was when I started realizing like, I, I think I, I think I might have a problem. Mm. Like, I think I might, because other people don't drink the way that I do and well, they don't, they don't behave the way that I do when I drink. That's also interesting. I think because like 2003, you're what? 20, 23, 20, yeah, 23. 23. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm always fascinated by that, that people have the kind of awareness to understand that. When I have, like, you know, I have several friends who have been sober for, since they're, like, 19 or 17. Oh, yes, those people, like yeah. And it's like, how do you know that? Because, yeah. like, isn't that you just being, like, a young dum-dum? Well, that's like, the thing. Everybody's, like, not everybody, but, like, yeah. I was, like, doing a bunch of dumb shit. And I wasn't even doing it that to that excessive. Totally. As I said, I was, like, a little bit of a, a goody-goody puss. But, right, like, right, right, right. But, like, isn't that just being young and being an idiot? So, like, to know that you know, like, oh, this is feels like I'm teetering. It just felt weird. Like, it, I just noticed that I did not... You know, I mean, I would just be at, like, dinners with people and realize, like people aren't drinking as much as I am. Like, like I don't, uh, you know, or like, you know, I, you know, wake up with like bruises all over my body and not remember why that I'd be like, I remember being at the thing with so-and-so. And and then I remember like, I couldn't really piece together. Like, did I fall down something? Did something, did somebody hurt me? Like to not know those things felt not real. Like, I mean, like not, not normal. Um, I mean, so I remember being awoken by my roommate at that time, you mm-hmm. know, around 23, you know, we just, we moved to Williamsburg before it was like cool and, yep. you know, um, or it was cool, but it wasn't franchised yet. Yes. And, um, uh, you know, she walks into our apartment on like Kenton wife and, or whatever that fucking by the water and, you know, and I was completely passed out on the floor. Like I woke up to her screaming at me, like screaming Leslie, you know, like, oh, and, and I was like, that's disconcerting. Yeah. And yeah. it was like. I guess it just sort of started to sink in. Like, I guess people don't do this. Like, I guess this isn't, or like, you know, I would in a, you know, alcoholic rage be screaming outside my apartment Mm -hmm. because I've lost my keys and my neighbor would come down and be like, okay, come in, you know, like, and then I would come in and be like, thanks. And and then go and, and pass out. And then the next few times I would see him that week, I'd be like, do I owe him an apology? Yeah, you yeah. know, like, but then not wanting to apologize because it was like. That's an acknowledgement that maybe something is wrong. Yeah, like, because what's the excuse? 
Do you know what I mean? Like I'm drunk. A lot of drunk people don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, so it started, so me being drunk sort of stopped being like a legitimate excuse for the behavior that was happening. Because it was magnified. Well, I think that is like, it is sometimes, I think it's interesting when you see uh, of a litmus test of what, like what's inside. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that across the board entirely true, but it's usually like, you know, if you, somebody gets like a little more antagonistic when they're yeah, drunk, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. well, you're, maybe that's not who you are as a person, but that's maybe what you're going through now. Yes. You're, like you're masking that and it comes out a little bit. Like when yeah. I get drunk, like I get a little bit chattier and a little bit louder. Yeah. And that's like kind of me. I maybe. think my wife is a great example. Like right. she, she, uh, she'll, you know, she'll have a little bit of her vodka, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and she'll, she'll get a little sassy, sure, like you know, that. like sure, a little, little sassy, sass. little, little flirty. Yeah. Uh, then she'll have a little bit more and she'll, you know, like meaning like, you know, one or two drinks, mm-hmm. two at the most, yep. you know, like, and she'll go like, you know, uh, she'll get a little fuck you maybe, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like a little mad, yep. you know, and then she falls asleep, you know, like there's really no, like, like, yes, there's a little bit of a personality change, yeah. but it's not. I'm going to leave the house, which is sort of what I would do. You know, like, it's like, I'm going to leave the house and go find trouble. And like, you know, like, it's like, uh, it's almost, I describe it now to people as like, someone else was out there representing Leslie. Mm. Like they were using my body. You had like a bad PR team. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, but they were, I mean, I know this is really cheesy, but, and, and I, I don't say this to, um, uh, you know, excuse my behavior when I was drunk. Cause I, you know, certainly have, uh, addressed a lot of that, you know, with the people that, you know, it affected, but it is a little bit like this Tyler durden kind of like, okay, yes, it is this thing that's inside me, this mm-hmm. anger that's inside me or this right. rage, but, um, or this destruction or whatever, right. but it is not something I co-signed, you right. know, like it does not feel like something I'm, you know, just need to work through in therapy and then it'll be okay. Right, like right. It, it feels like a full, like I, I am a full on different person, right. you know, like, and that, and I didn't get sober when I was 23. I mean, I tried, you know, off and on for a long time, you know, and didn't really click until, you know, I was in my early thirties, you know, like, and that, and I've been sober since then, you know, like, but it, it, it was something that, you know, I was like, you know, it, just what's weird is that I would go like three to four, oh, that time that I was talking about in Chicago. Right. I mean, I had been, you know, dry, like not picked up any sort of substance for about four years and I got drunk and it was like, I mean, it was like none of that time had passed. It wasn't like I could, it was like, right. I, I literally just remember ordering this wine. I don't know why, like literally I, I ordered the guy ordered wine. He was like, do you want one? And I was like, oh yeah. You know, yeah. like, and, and then it came and then I thought, did it feel like a moment or just like, no, this is just what I'm doing now. It didn't until it came. And right. then I had this kind of like, Hey, you don't drink. Hello, old friend. Yeah. Enemy. You don't, you don't drink. Yeah. Like that's just not. And then I, and then I had the thought of like, I can probably, I, I can, I should probably drink this cause he's, it would be weird now if I didn't right. drink it. And it's four years. I mean like, you know, and as soon as I took a sip of that alcohol, I, I literally was like, I have zero idea how to drink wine. I just, I was like, I have zero idea how to do right. this. I literally was, I don't know what this guy said to me. It was like the director of this play I was working on. And I don't know what he said because every time he would take a sip, I would like count to 10 and then drink. <laughs> it's also, my you know, like, and then over the course of the dinner, what I, what I really remember is getting this like sort of like tight, tight chested belly on fire feeling of like, I've got to go drink. Like I want to, I right. can't 
do this. This is, this is, this is horrifying. You know, like I, it's too much work to, to sit here with this person and try to figure out how to do, I have to get to the bar. I have to get to the bar. And I got to the bar, ordered my wild turkey, drank it, drank it, drank it until the bar closed. Bar closed. I said, can I bring it up? Can I bring stuff up to my room? They were like, no, you can order it. And I said, can I order a bottle? They said, no, you have to order like drinks. And I was like, I mean, I, we're literally talking like, you know, anybody out there that's struggling with this stuff. I mean, like, you know, look, there are heavy drinkers. I truly believe there are heavy drinkers Mm -hmm. and there are people that, that have, uh, that can drink a lot and then stop for yeah. whatever reason, you know, like I totally believe there are people that get like a little loopy when they're not, you know, drunk. I'm talking about, I, I do not know when to stop. I am like the John Henry of drinking whiskey. Like I just don't, I can't, I was like, now it's two. I can't go to a, I mean, it's literally like the lost weekend. I was like, I can't go to a place. I, I, I'm just going to have to order drinks up to the room. And I, and so then I was just ordering like three to four, I'd be like, bring up four whiskey sours. You know what I mean? Like, and they were like, what? Like, and I was like, I was like, just bring up all of them, yeah. you know? Like, and they were like, just so like, four separate drinks. And I was like, just put them all in one thing, bring them up here. You know, like it was, it was crazy. And then that following like Gary Oldman and the professional. Yeah. Bring, bring all everyone. Just <laughs> everyone. Just everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody, you know, like exactly. Like, and then that later that week, it slowly deteriorated. I mean, like I was, I remember sitting in the play rehearsals, just eating Altoids instead of food because I was like so concerned that people could smell right. alcohol on me. And so, but when the reading was over, um, we did this big thing at the Good Men. It went really well. It was wonderfully received. And, um, uh, and I was completely empty, didn't care, you know, like couldn't, that, that was the other thing. It's like, you can't, it, it stole that, like joy it stole me. everything. It yeah. steals everything from you. If, if, if you're somebody like me, like it, it just, it, it, there's no, there's none of that 98 to 2002 fun. It's just like, you are empty. There is nothing there. It doesn't matter. You can't hear anything like, you know, um, and yeah, that next morning, I remember I missed my flight, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to go back to LA. Um, my boyfriend hadn't heard from me in 24 hours and I looked at what, how much money I had in my bank account and I thought, how long can I stay here? Right. You know, live in this hotel, live in this hotel uh-huh. and will it be enough money and long enough for me to just drink myself to death? You know, like, that and, was an active thought. Yeah, yeah. I really thought like, how do, this is what I, it, because that's what I wanted. Right. That's, it's not, but it's, it wasn't, because... it wasn't because I, I hated myself or I was mad at myself. Yeah. I was like, this is what I want. You know, and I think that's something that Cage actually, as fucking crazy as he is, actually gets very right in um, in uh, leaving Las Vegas. Is that there is it isn't this energetic kind of you know self destruction. It's this resignation to this is my this is my yeah this is my keeper and my life now. It wasn't dissatisfaction. It wasn't unhappiness. Well, that's it. I guess that's what I was kind of asking earlier about like the romance of it. Is there like a part, you know, you're somebody who like views the world through the vantage of like uh, things you've seen on screen. Yeah. And like, there's so much to me, like that's so there's so much romance to that. So when you talk about the story, like waking up and having like bruises or like having been on one date and then after that didn't go well or it did go well and then going uh, to meet with another guy. Yeah. Like there's, there's a part of that to me. It's like there is like a cinematic romance to that. Oh, like, of course. I'm living an adventure. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Like I found myself in this like adolescence period. I've been talking about like having like cause I never had that shit before. Like doing like a thing where like went on one date and then went on another date and then another and just like that's oh, fucking. Oh yeah. Who am I? I'm up till six in the morning. How crazy. Oh yeah. Um, and the, those like have 
petered off. I'm not doing that as much anymore. Or like, because I had like a wild period, I guess, or wild, I don't know, whatever the fuck. But it's yes, like, there yeah, was yeah, like yeah. a part of it that was like, this doesn't feel healthy or sustainable, but it's fun because it's like, I feel like I'm like all on a screen. Yeah. I'm creating my own, I'm my own protagonist. Yeah. And it was, was that like part of it? Because like you're talking about like you weren't dissatisfied is what you wanted. Is there anything like these images that you grew up seeing that, you know, uh, adds like logs to that fire? That's a long-winded question. No, but it's a good question, and I'm trying to think. I want to answer it thoughtfully, because I, my instinct is to say no, but then as I think about it, like, sure, yeah. you know? I mean, how many of our heroes are, are drunks? You know what I mean? Like, and, and uh, one thing that, one movie that I really also think really expresses alcohol, uh, 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 portrays what I consider to be alcoholism mm -hmm. so well is Pollock. Sure. Like where, where it is, there really isn't a lot of romance. It's very, it, there's a just enough romance. Cause you're like, Oh, this guy was a genius, mm -hmm. you know, like, but, and, uh, and yeah, Marsha Gay Harden does such a good job of sort of making a human in the middle of the movie because yeah. he's really sort of a monster. But it's pretty joyless. Yeah. yeah but there's right. no joy. I mean, yeah. and there's something that's wonderful about that because that is the reality is that right. as as romantic as you may think you are um you are limp dicking you know peggy guggenheim and you are turning over a table because you're you're um drinking for the first time in in three years right. and uh you are uh killing two people right. or, or uh killing yourself and another person i, th I think it was one other girl yeah, so. in 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 a uh, in a car crash yeah. you know and it's like so so my instinct to, to the answer is no, because I do believe like intellectually that that is probably the best, one of the best, you know, with leaving Las Vegas as well, one of the best sort of on-screen portrayals of what I think alcoholism actually is, which is very unglorified. Yeah. Um, however, you know, like I do think, it. I would say that it's like, you know, um, It's almost like a yes. There's a there's a totemness to that mm -hmm. romanticism sure. when you're drunk in the way that I was, um, where you do sort of go like I'm gonna drink myself to that, you know, like and then you're like leave me this, you know, like it's like you do sort of the Ernest Hemingway, like mm -hmm. you know. I wouldn't say it's something that's like a sustainable force though. Right. It's more like a like it's the a fleeting. It's like the it's like the it's like the in a way it has weight but it doesn't really. It's almost right. like that totem in, in inception where you're like you're using it to decide whether or not you're that bad. Right. But the reality is is that it doesn't actually like I guess that's a bad metaphor, but it's like it doesn't at some point it will fill it will fail you right. you know what i mean right, like right. you've gone so far down the rabbit hole that this thing doesn't work anymore right. so yeah i would say that it's there but i don't know if it was like a force right. as much as it was sort of like a thing that would come up and would sort of push me okay it's let, let me just get my bearings for a second yeah i'm gonna be brick and and cat on a hot tin roof mm. and that's fucking romantic and cool i'm not a piece of shit who hasn't called her boyfriend in 24 right. hours and it's like you know, about to sleep with like a married This is artistic guy. and interesting. I'm not the girl that's at like literally one, one, I mean, I'm not the girl that's at the strip club. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
too drunk, that so drunk that the valet at the strip club will not give me my keys. Yeah. It's like three o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? And I'm like screaming, screaming, like like screaming bloody murder and like racial epithets probably. Sure. I mean, I'm not sure what I said. Yeah. Whatever it was, whatever it was, they gave him to me, you know, mm. and I drove home that fucking drunk. Oh, wow. And the fact that I did not kill anybody. And by the way, that's not the first time that I did that. You know sure. what I mean? Like, but that's the that's the last time that I did it right. because I remember waking up the next morning, um, fully clothed. You know, like lot, like basically had just gone like this. You yeah. know, like face first into the bed with like my legs hanging off, and there was like a bag of of from McDonald's full of food that I had not eaten. That's the darkest thing you've said thus far. Yeah. I went to McDonald's, apparently, <laughs> yeah. in this blackout yeah. drive through had gotten so many things that it was filled to the brim, and no, and none of it had it. been eaten. Like, it was just sitting there, just waiting for me in the morning, you know? And I think I had, like, a pitch that day. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, and so I'm like... So, so you were relatively high-functioning then, too, if you're Oh, yo, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're I had a pitch. person. I think I had a pitch at, like, FX that day, right. and was like gonna walk into like land graph or something and try to pitch something yeah. you know what i mean like and i'm like eating again a lot of times i would like eat altoids and and drink scope and like instead of eating you mm -hmm. know like and just because i don't know for me i just was not a, an eating drunk like right. i just all i wanted was alcohol so it was just like you know like blah blah so you know i go out there and i just but it, it what what was wonderful about that lifestyle sure if there's one sort of positive because that's the reason why they're still tempting because they're still like I mean there's a lot I mean I can't speak to it your experience but like yeah. also there's it's easy like wax nostalgic about something like oh man remember that and I went and I fucking crushed it after yeah. I had this crazy night yeah and then I'm sure I don't even remember what happened with that project I'm sure it was some like IP problem or sure. something like it you know but this is my point is that like the wonderful thing about that kind of lifestyle is that there's just this incredible glass partition between you and every other human right. being in the world and it's like you cannot fucking touch me man like you nothing you say is gonna hurt me nothing you say is gonna is gonna affect me if you sit here and just give me shitty notes this mm -hmm. whole time i don't okay. give a fuck well, was that was that a part of the thing was it um no, knowing being you know removed from that now quite a bit was that like was that part of the reason was like putting up a blinder or giving yourself a barrier because you didn't want to feel things you didn't want to feel uh any sort of vulnerability because like you can't hurt me you can't touch me because i have this like cloak on and was that like right. do you think it was an escapism in that regard uh yeah but i but yeah, but I think it's also like a tool. It was like a tool right. almost. Like when you said cloak, like did you say cloak? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it felt like that. It felt like, um, you know, uh, you know, chasing that bottle, it, it, you know, it doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't feel like, You're you're not doing the th the the three dimensional chess of psycho psychologicalizing what right. you're doing at the time. It just feels more like if I drink, they can't touch me. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like so, looking back on it now, I'm trying to think of like if that. I mean, obviously that's what I was doing, but I'm trying to think of like what spurred that. And this is where you know in therapy it becomes so difficult when you don't remember a lot of your childhood and you right. don't remember a lot of your adolescence to kind of try to trace back to why am I doing that? Right. Like, why can't I just 
you know, one thing that it, my therapist just said this week is that she was like, you know, everyone you're working with is grownups, right? right? Like, you know that everybody has their own, you know, responsibility for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you don't really have, like, no one can hurt you. You can't really do anything except show up and be another adult and right. then leave, you know, right. like, and I still have trouble understanding that. Um, in what capacity? Like, in that, that you yourself don't feel, you don't look at yourself as an adult? Well, it's, I, I don't think of myself as an adult sometimes, but I think that there's this very, I have this intense sort of, and I think it serves me well being an artist, if I may call myself of that. Of course. Um, in the sense that it's very, there's a, there's a weird empathic transparency that I have with mm. people where, you know, I can like just meet someone and I'm like, hi, you know, like let's. Sure. What's you, what are you about? What's your thing? What's, what are we doing? You know, like, um, I think it makes it, you know, like, especially when you're a filmmaker pitching your stuff to either producers or actors or financiers, it's such a great quality, you know, yeah. um, to go, I'm going to take on all of your energy. I'm going to basically hold all of it for you. We're going to have a conversation about this thing. That's very important to me. I'm going to express that passion to you without any sort of filter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're going to decide, you know, essentially like this is sort of my perspe- perception of it. Right. You're going to decide whether or not, um, I'm essentially worthy of your time, right. you know? And so to put something between me and that person was so helpful because it meant that I didn't have to expend all of that energy anymore. I didn't have to be empathic or uh, or transparent or give any of my energy or take on anybody else's energy right. because I was stunned or drunk yeah. or tripping. You know, like, I mean, going to the party and watching my friend's face, you know, it's like, yeah, you can think you know me, you can think we're having a conversation, but the reality is is that you cannot get to me. Well, that's... And I don't know where that comes from. Like, right. I don't know why... First of all, I don't know why I feel like I have to invest so much besides the fact that I'm just very passionate about my work, you know, like, but two, I don't know why that defense mechanism is especially the addiction, you know, of, of I'm addicted to like not escapism in this, you know, romantic way, but escapism of like, I don't want, I don't want to be here. I quite simply don't want to be here in this conversation. You know, this is too much. I'm inundated. Yeah. What is, what is, I guess now, what is just like having that knowledge, having being able to, to you know, now articulate that, is that, That's how, how, do you, how do you cope with that now? Because you've, I assume like you've evolved as a person, but you yeah. haven't, it hasn't been a 180, you haven't changed, you haven't lost all of that. No. And that is the scary thing mm-hmm. I think about addiction is that, you know, you, you, and any, any addict I think in recovery would probably tell you, or, or any addict that doesn't use anymore would tell you that. You know, the, that as, you know, look, if you stop drinking every day mm-hmm. <laughs> and get like, you know, seven hours of sleep and like drink some water, your life's obvious, you know, immediately going to get better. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not, it, you know, that's, that's just math, you sleep know, like and water go a long way, they go a long, a long way, way, you know, like once you start having like real relationships with people, like yeah. it goes a long way. Yeah. Like you're, when you're actually like talking with people that accept you for who you are and you accept them for who they are and blah, blah, blah. But I think any addict would probably tell you that it's it's it, there's so much so much of your, of your identity is wrapped up in this behavior and this sort of music like it doesn't you feel like you're literally losing an arm like right. you, you know if you feel like you're losing um, the way I described it uh, to a friend of mine when I fir- when I first tried to get sober you know over you know 15 years ago now you know or or I don't know how long it is over oh, wow. 10 years yeah. over 10 years ago but but I described it as like 
I was a person that was holding a, uh, my hand over a flame and people, and I'd say, I would be telling people, I'm in so much pain. I'm in so much pain. Like very like, sort of like <laughs> conversationally, like Making I'm in so much it. pain, yeah. you know? And people would say, well, what about the hand and the fire thing? Like, is that, could that possibly be it? And I'm like, oh, this? No. Oh, oh, I need this. Yeah. This is me. This is who I am. This is sort of my mm-hmm. thing. I don't know if you've met me, but I'm the hand fire girl. Like yeah. it's hard to let, even though it's so obviously destructive, it's my in my mind it's like it was so difficult to let that go and that took that's actually the part that took years and years and right. years and and years of falling off the wagon and coming back on and i think like you know when you look at somebody like robert downey jr i think you know like or somebody that very famously has fought addiction i think that they would probably say a similar thing right. because it's just so hard to like see yourself as anything except that right. um even though you know, look at him. I mean, he's such a wonderful, wonderful sure. actor. I, I don't know him as a human, obviously, but like, I mean, you know, literally like I was, uh, you know, I, I, I used to volunteer at this, at this, uh, uh, rehab type facility and, and this girl, um, was so embarrassed of being a heroin addict. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I get it, you know, but she was very embarrassed about it, you know, and I said, well, you know, I mean, like, blah, blah, something, something, Robert Downey Jr. And she was like, was he in it? Because she's younger. Right. She was like, was he in a heroin addict? And I was like, oh, yeah, girl, let me, mm-hmm. hold on. Let me normalize let this me, for you. Let me normalize this for yeah. you. And let me show you that this is the end point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that you can actually really, I mean, for me, you know, I, we, we don't have, I mean, we could get into specifics, but what's happened is, is that I had to really get back to my authentic self that everyone else, I think, if you'd ever met me, uh, from, you know, eight years old on would be able to see within meeting me in the first 10 minutes, right. but that I can't see. Right. That's who I think Robert Downey Jr. is such a great example, not only because he's been so open about it, but like. Why did we keep bringing him back? Why did he keep working? Because people s- loved him. They loved him the way that he is universally Such loved as Iron Man. energy. Yeah, like yeah. everybody saw that in him. Everybody was like, like Richard, Richard Attenborough was like, you can play Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. And he was like, great, I'm going to do that. I'm just, I just need this black tar heroin to do it. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, you don't. You know what I mean? But we can't see that. And that journey takes a long time. You know, like that journey, I think, takes, it took me a very long time Did, to see, I think, what is sort of already there. Do Looking back on it, do you see it as like uh, fear-based or did, were you cognizant of the time in the same way? Like you're just, you draw a comparison to Robert Downey Jr. Like, I just need this because yes. I don't have this. I don't know if I can do it. Yes, yes, so yes, yes. Yeah. It, was it, was, were you cognizant of that at that, in that time or was it like? More so... Not so much when I was using, but more so when I would try to stop using. Right. When I would stop, try to stop drinking. That was when, I mean, again, your life automatically gets better for like, you know, a couple months or something, right? Yeah. But at some point, you sort of hit this moment where you go, okay, yeah, this stuff is better. And like, yeah, this thing's better. But like, who am I now? Right. You know, like, what? Wh- how do I, since all of my sex has been, I mean, most of the sex that I had, for example, mm-hmm. uh, this is probably a good way to describe it. Um, because I started using and drinking when I was 18-ish, I was not, um, I was a virgin mm-hmm. until I was like, I think 20 or 21. Mm-hmm. And so when I had sex for the first time, during that time it was it was drunk it was coming out of a blackout and being like hold on what's happening you know like it was um 
you know, all of my sex with women was drunk. Right. All of my sex with men was drunk. Like, um, I didn't f for one second even think about my sexuality because I was just like sex, sober sex or sex with like any sort of choice involved, right. like didn't really register. I mean, sometimes I'd be less drunk than, than more drunk. So I'd be like, oh yeah, I do want to fuck you. But then sometimes I just, I, I don't know. I We're doing this. Sure. I, 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 I could have given consent. I don't remember. You know right. what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I'm like, I don't remember what, what, what happened here, you know? And so that's like a whole thing you got to process and like all that stuff now, which is, you know, still, you know, you know, always going to sort of be a part of that story. But I think that that's, how was that? Why was I bringing this up to illustrate? Just, uh, like a, 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 the question, like, Oh, the fear-based fear -based thing. Yes. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, it, it is in a way because you feel so, it, in a weird way, you feel so, I felt so powerful in moments, you know what I mean? Like, especially in sexual moments when I was using. So that when you enter, like, the real world and you start to have sober sex, you're like, what the fuck is yeah. this nonsense? Like, to learn to enjoy things that, that you only experience drunk is really difficult. Yeah. But you were asking me, what was fear-based? The Oh, the identity thing. Yes, I'm and sorry. Just like, can I do, can I be who I am? Can I be uh, what I'm known for or like what people perceive to be brilliant yes. or just like the talent? Can I bring that without this thing? Exactly, yes. Yeah, so it's like, for me, my identity is like sort of a, it's sort of a, an amalgamation of like my relationships, mm -hmm. um, uh, what I put out into the, into the world, whether that's art or good deeds or bad deeds, right. you know, like... And, um, and then what's, whatever's going on with me, I don't know how to put this in any other way, but spiritually, like right. essentially like what's going on with, um, not just my, my mind and my body, you know, but what energy am yeah. I, uh, seeking out and bringing in, right. you know, like, um, when you're drunk, you don't really get a choice in any of those things, or you don't really manage them extremely well because right. you're... <laughs> either drunk or hungover. And even if you're sober and still actively drinking, you know, it's all leading to a drink. So it's like, so the end goal is to, so like if you and I had met in college and I'd be like, oh, he's a smart guy. He seems really uh, nice. We're having a great conversation. Mm -hmm. Like I like his glasses. Like we both like the same things, blah, blah, blah. In the back of my mind, there's still a drink. Right. You know what I mean? Like a drink, a drink, a drink. You know what I mean? So you say, because everyone in the world drinks, you know what I mean? You'd say, let's go out for a drink. And sure. I'd say, oh, sure, yeah. You'd start drinking, I'd start drinking. I would be drinking much more than you are right. because I am a drunk, you know, like, and you would probably be like, oh, I guess we're going to have like a heavy night. You know what I mean? Like, because you're probably oh, a normal drinker. And also like, this is, she's fun. You're she's like a fun. gregarious person. So yeah, like, yeah. Let's see where this goes. This right. You know, party. at some point the click would happen. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would start interacting with you in a very base kind of weird way where either we would have sex because that was the only way that I really knew how to, how like, to communicate, communicate with you. Right. Or I would, um, or I would, uh, probably get like messy in some way where you would need to sort of take care of me right. or make sure that I got home. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you would go, Oh shoot, you know, like, I guess she had a little too much to drink. I'm going to take her home and so on and so forth. And then that's putting you in a position. So it's like, I either have to overpower you with, or with, I need you to take care or of I need me. you to take care of me. Right. Those dynamics being the only thing that really sort of happens when you're drunk at the level that I drank, you know? That's not how the real world works. Yeah. You know, in the real world, there's like nothing but gray, you know, yeah. it's like you, it's not that binary. It's not that binary, you know, like, and so you're literally like a, like a monkey trying, like, you know, once you put that thing down, trying to figure out like, 
how do people talk? How do people right. relate to each other? How do I have a nice time with a nice guy without turning it into like essentially, uh, you know, um, some sort of alcohol dictated drama, you Just know, the most like base needs. Yes. How, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, it's like, um, I mean, I can't tell you, like, the people that I've reconnected with that that I just only understood our relationships in this extremely binary way. Like, I am this person, you are this person, etc. Um, that I've reconnected with now that I've stopped drinking that I was like, oh, wow. Not only is our relationship so much more complicated than, uh, meaning uh, not complicated, uh, nuanced, nuanced yeah. than I thought it was. There's so many more layers than I was I was not cognizant of previously. Yes, but there's a genuine affection for each other here that, right. that I was sort of treating as, like, you know, like... You're either the villain or the hero. You're either right. the thing or the that. You know, like, I'm either the bad guy or the good guy. Like, it just... Now, I don't think all people that are alcoholics probably have this experience, but that was mine. You know, no, like, it was like... this experience is different. Yeah, it's, like, but this would be my sort of experience right. of, like, you know, ha- trying to find my identity after all of that is trying to find all that gray and right. going, like, oh, like, you know... You know, I can be, like, I mean, I feel weird using it as an example, but it's like, I can be Steve's friend without having Mm -hmm. sex with him. Like, I can be Steve's friend without um, trying to use him for something. I can be Steve's friend without him taking care of me about stuff. We could just hang out, talk about stuff, and leave. And that would be it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be dictated by this drink. I imagine having that kind of relationship with people, it kind of uh, expedites a level of... um, uh, closeness and nurturing if like you're intimate you're very quickly going to an intimate place yes in one way or the other be yeah. it sexual or like oh I'm taking care of you yeah and subsequently like I don't know that that builds like a, a bond or a closeness or like even if it's manufactured right like very right. quickly so I imagine you had like a lot of quick intense friendships yes and and sexual relationships mm-hmm. this was what was so on about you know, like when I came out to my parents, which was like, I was like 34. I mean, like, so like, you know, and by the way, I'm like, whatever not straight is. I don't know what, Yeah, sure. you know, it's just like, just, you the know. scale is very fluid. Yeah. So yeah. whatever that is. And then, um, so sorry, point being, you know, they were like, my mom was, it wasn't like, my wife was a little put off by their reaction, you know, which was a little bit, uh, Nonplussed, I'll put it that way. Oh, <laughs> you know, um, or, or no, no, no. Meaning, uh, sorry, not nonplussed. Uh, like uh, freaked out, oh, I guess. Really? Uh, but fr- freaked out's too strong of a word. It's like um, I don't know. It, it, Unsettled. I I, re- I don't want to say homophobic because it's not really that. I right. think they just didn't know, they and they were genuinely surprised. They were genuinely like kind sure. of shocked, sure. you know. And um, you know, they certainly were not like you know anti-gay or anti-bi they were just like huh you know like what i get that I you mean, know I went through a similar experience with just like right. not homophobic at all but when but my wait a minute was like i was like but come well, come on like really? we saw you with the what the what are you talking about we've you know? done a bunch of stuff yes with our parts yeah come on. like you've i mean and by the way i've yeah. had very successful relationships with men as my wife has as well possible. They're, they're again not binary you know yeah however to answer your question a lot of my relationships a lot of my romantic relationships and this is why a lot of people i don't think knew including myself really what was going on right were of the variety that you're talking about right the, the nice relationships that lasted a couple of years where it was like loving and caring and I was sober, you know, were very few and far between, right. you know, um, most of them are exactly what you described. And those 
I think still to this day kind of haunt me a little bit because they're so intense and they were so uh, illicit, you know, and they were so, um, you know, it was uh, really like a smash and grab on my part, you know, it was like, and I got better, like, I don't want to say I got better at them because that sounds terrible, but it's like, I got really, they became my MO so to the extent that when I was 22, I would sort of pretend like what had happened was, you know, like, you know, I'd have like a one night stand with a guy mm-hmm. or I'd have like a booty call with a guy mm-hmm. or a girl. Mm-hmm. And, and I would sort of go like, this is a relationship now. Right. But I like wouldn't tell them that it was a relationship. Sure. So yeah, I would just <laughs> yeah. hang out in my head for a little bit. Uh-huh. This is actually how I started writing was I would start to write out the way that I think the relationship would go. Well, that's fascinating. Which is fascinating. And actually, absolutely, my first play was exactly that. It was like a guy that I intermittently had sex with, never told how I felt about him. And then uh, wrote an entire, like, sort of, you know, uh, this is our youth type, you know, hanging out play that was all about our relationship. Like, uh, essentially. A relationship that existed. A relationship that existed. Your fantasy. In my fantasy. And if we actually talked to each other. You know what I mean? What would probably happen? And it was fun to be extremely truthful. Like, it didn't, and it wasn't a wish fulfillment fantasy. It was like, we won't work because of this reason. Do you know what I mean? Like, and this is, this is what I would say to you. This is probably what you would say to me. And then now, and now it's over. And I would sort of have, so sleeping with other people is actually very similar. Mm -hmm. It's like, there are two relationships that I was having at the time one was extremely platonic and one was very brief and extensely intimate and sexual with like probably like inception layer power dynamics going on with like father-daughter stuff and then it was like I'm gonna make a movie about this Mm -hmm. instead of talking to either of these people I'm just gonna write it out (laughs) or working or like acknowledging that it even is happening you know like I'm gonna write a movie that is about uh, playing out these dynamics and what would actually happen. What I want to say to him, yeah. what he wants to say to me, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Uh, I know both of them have seen the movie. I know both of them in, like enjoyed the movie. Yeah. I don't know if either of them... I think the Sudeikis character, who really ended up being a lot more like me than right. the actual guy, um, I think that the the guy that he is based on, who was like at my wedding and like we, we are still in each other's lives and stuff, I think I think he was much more like... Oh, I see what you did. You know what I mean? Like I see, I see you took this sort of kernel of what was going on with us and sort of turned it into uh, this thing, right. you know. But you know, I don't use anybody's. You know, I don't sure. make it. It's not real. autobiographical. It's like a leaping off. Point. Yeah, the first one was yeah. like my first little play. Like all of my friends came to see it and were like, "Oh my oh, god, this is." <laughs> I mean, the guy that was based on, like, played himself for, like, a couple of productions of it. Do you know oh, what wow. I mean? Like, it was, wow. like, literally that level of, like... And it was funny when I asked him... This is a moment that I'll probably always remember, actually, because, again, a guy that I just was not communicating with. Like, just was the only communicating with my vagina mm-hmm. with this guy. Like, there was no... I would, I would call him drunk. I'd show up. We'd fuck each other. I'd leave. Like... You know, I would probably yell at him a little bit and like make him like come at me or like scream yeah. or like, you know, like tell him like I'm going to have your abortion. Like I was very Marla Singer at the time. Sure. This is like, again, that 98 to yeah. 2002. So I'm like full blown psycho, you know, but great in bed. So like he keeps coming back. And, uh, and you know, by the time we'd like sort of not, we weren't doing that anymore and we were working on the play, you know, I said, do you want to... I wanted to send this to you because I, I'm going to go do it. 
You know what I mean? Like, and it is very, it's obviously you and I, you know? <laughs> so here are all the things that I wanted to say to you that I couldn't say. And essentially, you know, like, I mean, I, I didn't have the wherewithal to, to, to know. I mean, I was like 24. Right. Like I had no idea that's what I was doing, but what I was doing was here's my, here's how, here's my Valentine. Like, here's how I really feel right. about you and how I, I know that we won't work, but I really have so much fucking, I see you, you know what I mean? Like, I know you see me to a certain extent as well. And he, and I said, and he said, you know, we, we were hanging out afterwards and after he had read it and I said, did you like it? And he said, yeah, I loved it. You know? And I was like, do you want to do it? You know, like, is that crazy? And he was like, oh yeah. You know? And it, like, without even thinking, like, you know, he was like, oh yeah. And then, um, and then he said, uh, I always wanted to be in one of your fucking plays, That's which great. is from Rushmore. Yeah, and the, and the whole play was it's called cinephilia it's about two people that love film more than they love being themselves you know and so they quote movies to each other and um act out scenes from films because they they don't they have nothing on the inside you know and that's how they can communicate so it was it was really i mean i literally i I must have gone home and like burst into tears or something but it was the but you know again it's like uh sorry i tell that story but now it's like my I am so grateful now for my relationship with my wife because it's so not that dramatic right. and binary where it's like, you're this character, I'm this character, and we're doing this thing. It's like, my wife is so multi-layered and so different. And like, every time I see her, it's almost like I'm seeing a, di- a new person. That's like, beautiful. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's so, but like, does that, why did I bring this up? <laughs> Something about fucking sexuality. Yeah, we're just, we're just about. talking about like how the, like how, um, the heightened of a relationship and yes. like how those relationships there's an intoxication to that yeah. to itself and a fake intimacy yes. that then I nur- would nurture artistically but right. then not well, I think life. that's like that sounds incredibly therapeutic it's also like really beautiful and also sad <laughs> like this so you're able sad. to like create this really compelling dynamic but you couldn't do it in life yeah. but also it sounds like very therapeutic to like put that out into the world and to think through it in a way yeah. that like you're not even cognizant of what you're doing necessarily. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Adam Scott character in Sleeping with Other People, you know, is such a, uh, you know, it, it was so like, um, you know, Adam and I were very like, while in the film, of course, he's very much the villain, you know, yeah. of this, of the, of that particular story, you know, of her story, you know, um, Adam and I, as we were working on that character, you know, had so much compassion for him, right. you know, and he would, we would talk for as you should. hours about, yeah. you know, what was going, you know, like, I mean, Adam just loves that stuff. Like right. he loves like, you know, just the, he's just so dark, like in the best way. Like he just, well, you forget that's where he came from. He like somehow yes. stumbled into being this comedian. Yeah. Well, he had talked about that. You know, we talked when we first worked on yeah. Bachelorette, like, you know, he was like, you know, I was really this, you know, like kind of actory guy. Yeah. And then, you know, I got stepbrothers because Dylan McDermott had to drop out. You know, like he's like, I literally by accident got that part. And, and it's became, great. You know, I mean, I remember so seeing that movie. Talented. I remember seeing that movie in the theater and being like, This guy's stealing scenes. Where's this guy's movie? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so someday I think we'll probably, we'll probably make that movie. But he's been kind, <laughs> he's been kind enough to like do like a week of work on both my yeah. films as like, you know, these sort of like rascally guys, you know, and, um, but yeah, we, we got really into, it was very therapeutic for me because Adam could really sort of explain to me, um, cause on the page that character is so like one sentence, one sentence, one sentence, right. you know, like it doesn't, you know, he's so closed off in, in a way that is startling, you know, and Adam just, you know, he really ex- could explain to me like, uh, why these were the choices that this character was making. And mm-hmm. it really helped me understand sort of 
one, why I had made the choices that I had made in that particular relationship right. that was based on. Um, because I'm a little bit of his character as well, you know, like I've certainly been a Sovacek to other people, right. you know, but also with that sort of archetype in my own life to understand a little bit of like, you know, I don't know how else to put it. I don't want to, this word is so overused, but like that psychopathy mm -hmm. of a, of a person that it's like, it just didn't happen. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's, it's not that he doesn't care about you or that he doesn't see you as a special thing, you know, which is what Adam would play behind those glasses in like s certain shots of sure. like, uh, she is very special to me, you know? However, it didn't happen. It can't have, ha have happened. You know, like it, it, I can't keep having my life if this is happening, right. you know, like it, it cannot be, you know, and that it is just as sort of heartbreaking for him as it is for her in that story that, that she, she's a little more open about it because she's sort of sitting around waiting for him to choose her. You know what I mean? Like, we're just see more her perspective you're and not, you said, you're not going home with him. Yeah. It's her movie. I would love to see his movie. It'd mm -hmm. be very interesting. I mean, someday maybe, you know, we'll, we'll write that one, but but that's where also sometimes it's not even on it doesn't even end up being on the screen sometimes right. it's like with these actors that that i get to sort of really delve and i go why is he doing this is why that, is he acting this way you know and he's like oh well you know exactly. is that something that's interesting is that something where somebody that you have a shorthand and you inherent respect for like like him i get, i imagine that is easy to do but is there sometimes where like someone's like you know i know they're acting this way because i'm like Easy, bro. Right. I, I wrote this shit. Right. I'll tell you. I'll, I mean, I'll guide you down that path, but that's not it. Is there like a little bit, sometimes like a little humoristic <laughs> response of like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, that's a thought. Well, Let me push you down this Oh, road. Adam is a perfect example of that, yeah. actually. Like, as much as I extol him, this is a great example. I don't know if this is like good for your podcast no, or whatever. That's great. There's an example of this that is pure that, which mm -hmm. is... There was, uh, there was this shot when they're leaving, she runs into him at a party and, and there's a shot where they're leaving the party and they're sort of talking as they're, he's trying to, to sort of get more time with her and she's mm -hmm. sort of not, she needs to get out of there. She can't, she knows if she stays, it's going to get yeah, fucking crazy. Yeah, sure. So she's trying to get out of there. He's sort of trying to like act cool and like, you know, like just sort of casually sort of find out what's going on with her because she's been shutting him out, you know? And at the end of this like little exchange that all takes place in this one, you know, steady cam shot that's pulling them out of the party, mm -hmm. at the end she's supposed to go, he goes, um, he goes, why haven't you returned my calls? And she says, I blocked your number. And he says, why? And she goes, because I'm not an asshole. Mm -hmm. And then leaves, you know, and my dream, you know, because again, you know, I've written this scene yep. and, you know, I've lived a like dumbed down version of sure. the story. Uh, a very boring pedestrian well, version the, of the story. Also, the ones where people don't have the right responses necessarily. Exactly, like yeah. where I'm like, damn, I should have said this should've thing. Said, I'm not so asshole. I'm like, I'm not an asshole. I'm like, yes, you know, like you know. I think in reality, I was like, I, I you know, because I really like you. You know, yeah. like it's like um, sound like a fucking loser, but um, you know, it's like here I go, I'm gonna say my thing, and then the the shot was supposed to stay on him and push in for a single mm -hmm. as he watches her leave, and Adam said, I think I should just go after she says that and just walk away. And I was like, one, that's the harshest thing I've ever, like, yeah. like, first of all, you're stepping on my awesome moment where I tell you all. This was going to be you know cinematic, I mean? bro. Like, you know, secondly, it means that I don't get to have my single with you. Yeah. I can't turn around and track you back. So I want to have this, you know, and Adam really fought me on it. Hmm. Like, he was like, no, I should leave. 
I should, the second she says asshole, I should leave. And I, and I was like, okay, but why? And he was like, cause I don't want to see him. He was like, the second that things get emotional, I have to go. go. And I watched it on the monitor, the first take or the first take that worked, you know, cause of course steady cam, you're yeah. like, oh God, reset, 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 you know, like a fucking extra or something. Yep. But the first one that really worked, she was like, cause I'm not an asshole. And he went, okay. And boom, was like down the hallway. And, and I don't think I, we didn't do this on purpose, but I think we forgot to tell Allie that she, that he was going to do that because oh, we were wow. so, because we were so busy fighting yeah. each other. I think I honestly, it what? wasn't like a director trick. Yeah. I think I honestly just forgot to tell her and she was like, you know, like, and what, like her reaction, I think is, I think it's, it might be the one that's in the film where she's like, like, like so oh, shaken. Jarring. I just said something really harsh to you and you left and, and he was like, okay, boom, gone. You know, oh. she was like, oh, you know, and then, you know, like left the frame. And I think it might be the one we used or it, she's just so great that she yeah. re- redid it, that, you know, yeah. like, and uh, she was like, is he leaving like that? And I was like, yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. We were, yep, that's know. happening. <laughs> yeah. But it's perfect. It is. It's exactly what the character would do. You know what I mean? It's not my beautiful moment where I got to like triumphantly have this thing, but it is from where Adam was coming from and and what it, and and it's, I still get fucking chills watching that scene Mm. because it's so, um, it's small and it's tiny and probably no one else notices it. But to me, I'm just like, that is just, it's just a moment where he, we could have redeemed him by showing him you know, in that, that single and giving, cause that's why you put somebody yeah. in a single, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's to, to show you what they're going through Yeah, and, some... uh, and he won't give it to us. Mm. And so he doesn't really get one until that slow-mo when he's been, when Jason punches him out right. and he's screaming with rage because, yeah. um, that was, that was really sort of the thing that I took away from this particular sort of liaison that that was based on was like, not that he was an asshole or that like it looked anything like it did in the movie. Cause it really wasn't like that at all. It was very brief and not important, but there was so much, there was rage there. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's a simmering, there was a simmer, yeah. there was something there. And I think that's what I was attracted to. And I think I have it as well, you know, like, and, and I, I, that was what I always was interested in, in sort of, you know, I always wanted to see that. And, and sort of have the experience of, of watching watching that burst out in this sort of um, way. And, and Adam's just so perfect because he was like, you know, he, he knew that this was the moment that we were leading to. So he was like, everything needs to be controlled up until then. Like everything, there isn't a single moment where you're going to know what I'm thinking or what I'm doing, you know? And I think as a result, you know, you sort of go like, I guess he's a little like, you know, like if you don't watch the movie through the lens of that, it's meant to be watched through. Like you could probably go like, I don't get why is she fucking this guy? Like yeah. she, he, which is really sort of, you know, real life, you know, like why is she sort of like, Oh well, yeah, of course that's, there's a lot of times you're doing like, why am I doing this? I don't know, but I'm not like it for some reason. Why am I being self-destructive? You're I don't know, know, but I'm doing it. And it's like, it's happening, you know, yeah. like, but I think it was important that he sort of just, you know, you know, really just get rid of all of that charm that he has as yeah. a person and as, as an actor to just completely play a, a blank slate that she projected a lot of fucking shit on. Yeah. And, um, the only thing he really had within him was this like volcano right. of like hatred right. for probably himself and yeah, like a course. bunch of other That's shit. usually what it is. Yeah. That's where anger comes from. Also. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It um, is self-hatred, isn't it? Well, it's I'm sorry you're talking about my movie no, so much. No. I feel like I'm trying to get well, into a movie well, podcast. Well, no, but I think that was also part of the, that's how we got into it. It's just okay. like you working through these issues of like these things that you were unable to say or even uh, uh, maybe t- not even totally aware of the fact that you wanted to say them. Yes, you like, yeah. You started writing from a therapeutic place and that all comes back to, you know, like uh, you said something a little, a bit ago that made me... Uh, 
that you when you came out to your parents that they were like just shocked. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I think not to equate my experience no, to yours at all, but I think in so many ways, like uh, it was. People often ask me, like, was there any inkling? Did you have any idea that your ex-wife was gay? And I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. And it's because for me, it's a totally different set of circumstances, but because it was like Maslow's hierarchy of need. Like, I was sick for such a long time. Yes, There wasn't There wasn't the time or energy to question things like that. And you said, like, I didn't have, I didn't question sexuality because it was just happening. I was dealing with another thing. Never. So, and I think that's interesting that, like, only when you remove the problem yeah are you able to like you know there's what what is it the the referred to as a moment of clarity when you remove yes. the fog yeah that is like descending on your life only then you like start to question things or start to see like a vantage point from above absolutely yeah. i mean i was spending so much time trying to con- control and manage and like you know you know understand via film scripts you know what i mean like what was going on but it's like i never really stopped to go like what do i want yeah you know, and that's all, I know we live in a fucking, you know, meritocracy and like a fucking uh, capitalist nightmare. And it's like, but I'm not talking about materially, what do I want? You know what I mean? Like, sure. what do I actually in, want? On an emotional fiber, what do I What do I, what want? do I want? Also, what do I need? What do I need? What do I like? Mm-hmm. I mean, so much of like getting sober was like, what do I like doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if, I, if, if you I'm take not work, just going out to drink a ton. That's what I, what I mean. What do I, what do I want to do? If I take out work mm-hmm. and I take out um, these weird like interactions that where I'm like fucking people and not talking to them again, like you know, like it's like and and what's what's left? You know, in drinking. Yeah. What's left? I guess I see a lot of movies. I see a lot of movies, yeah. and it was like you know, which sort of falls into work sometimes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like because what happens? I go that's to see. Blurry. Yeah. You know, it's like I go to see Get Out, and I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. I I'm also super jealous. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm also mad that like this is not my movie, but then I love Jordan, and it couldn't mm-hmm. happen to a better person, and like I'm gonna buy it on. I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna like yeah. go see it. I I went to see it. I brought another person. Like I, you know, it's like. But there's this weird, like, even the thing that I love has now become sort of wrapped into a weird office party that's right. happening. You know, like, where it's like, oh, yeah, I see what you're doing, and that's cool. But, like, you know, let me tell you what I'm up to. I'm, uh, right. I'm doing this thing, you know? And it's like, oh, God, you know? Like, it, it's like, then it's it's like even the thing I am passionate about sort of starts to become sort of like the... P.T. Barnum at a certain point. Like, can yeah, stop yeah. selling, man? Can yeah. Can like an earnest thing that's not... Yeah, I don't want to sell anymore. I don't yeah. want to bring out the monkey in the organ grinder. Yeah. Okay, so it's like, so if you take all that away, what's there? And that's what the last, you know, you know, a little bit over half a decade has been like for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you like doing? Do you know what I mean? What do you... Who are you? What do you like doing? Who do you want to be around? What do you enjoy? Like, and it's been hard. I mean, I know that seems like kind of self-serving and ridiculous, but no. a lot of it does actually come up it through doing service and through doing stuff that I don't want to do. Right. Do you know what I mean? And starting to go like, well, I don't really want to think about other people, so I guess I'll go do that. Yeah. You know, I don't really want a dog, but maybe I'll rescue one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and starting to go, oh, wait, I really love this. You know, or like, I actually don't like this and I don't want to do this anymore. And like, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think that the thing with with women coming out later too. I also read this somewhere, so it's not my take and I certainly don't want to represent it as my ideology, but I did think it was interesting. No, that, please tell me your idea. Well, just that we're... <laughs> tell me that's, what's that? Here's my vibe. Your idea. So my new book mm-hmm. is about... <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, there's this idea that there's 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 an idea that women may come out later because uh, you know we're sort of no one explicitly says this, but we're sort of told relationships with men are supposed to be hard. You know, like like if you have sex with a man. Uh, not that, to, to say that my, you know, I mean, my ex, we still hang out. I love him so much. Like, I, I mean, literally, we are just like buds, you know what I mean? And I also loved having sex with him. Yeah. It was great, you know? But when push came to shove with like longer term stuff and partnership stuff, you know, like I just thought, oh, I guess this is, this is just supposed to be hard. This is just supposed to be. It's supposed, supposed to feel organic. It's not supposed to feel like easy and yeah. like at home. Yeah. yeah. And what happened is like with straight girls, they sort of grow out of that, I think. And they sort of like full on straight girls, yes. you know, like I think they sort of, they find their person and, and it just sort of, it clicks or they find their people, yeah. you know, their, their partners, you know, as they come down the yeah. assembly line. Um, but that sometimes with girls like, you know, women like, like myself that, you know, you know, I remember the last boyfriend I had before I started dating Rebecca, the last man that I dated, um, a, a dear friend of mine was like, I was like, I, I think I have to break up with him. And she was like, oh, well, he seems so nice. And I was like, I hate when he touches me. And she was like, okay, that's a problem. That also had to do with him. You know what I mean? It was yeah. not like all men ever, but no, you know, it was, so it was rough. one of those like, things. Yeah, you got to break up immediately. Yeah. Like, and it just like, I was one of those people that, that I don't know if it was because of the using or whatever, or like, you know, just not being adept at dating, you know, yeah. and dating soberly that it's I was like, learning, right? isn't this supposed to be sort of shitty for a while? And then it will get good, you yeah. know, like, and it just, and that's sort of what I was thinking about this poor guy, you know, like, it's like, who was the nicest, kindest person, you know, like, I just was like, I just don't like this. This is not you know? This is not for me. You know? And yeah. then when I started, you know, seeing my wife, I, I, I really started to, you know, that, that shame started to go away. I started to sort of embrace it more, you know, I certainly don't see myself as someone that is exclusively gay. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know how to, I don't know the right words. No, I'm sorry. I'm so outside so of the- So there's necessarily, you don't need to put a label the on The Kinsey it. scale yeah. of like whatever. And I just knew that this was my partner. That's all I can say is like, it's not even That's that I- That's the thing that matters. It's not even that I saw her and I was like, we're in love forever. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's like, you know, like or something. It was just more like, oh, I get why people fucking partner up. I get it. Like I get, I get why people have a writing partner. Like yeah. I get why, like it's suddenly partnership made sense to me much more so this than is organic and easy. You need to take care of me. I need to take care of you. I need to put a wall between us yeah. when I get tired of doing that by either drinking or just putting it up myself. Right. You know, Rebecca actually, uh, my wife jokes a lot. She's like, take the walls down, take the walls mm -hmm. down, take the walls down, you know? And I'm like, oh, that's right, good to have somebody right. say that to you. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm sort of doing that thing that I used to do with alcohol, but I could, can sometimes still do with my with my emotions yeah, and my, my own brain psychosis and, yeah. yeah my own stuff I think that's the, uh, so lovely and also just like on a very basic level like what being a human is is like the last yeah. five years of just figuring out what do I like yeah because that's like that's kind of what we're doing that's I all think we're doing I think it's also what you're probably experiencing now having been sure. sick in your your 20s yeah. do you know what I mean because like you said the hierarchy of needs if everything is about this thing yes because navel gazing is such a luxury yes it's such a yeah. luxury to like ask questions about like what do I what really brings me joy what is, fulfills me yeah like that's you don't get to do that when there's you know mortars exploding around you either real, literally or metaphorically well and I think that's why it's considered sort of a navel gazing question yeah you know is that it's like well I mean there are people dying out there why would you ask yourself that and it's like well because, because. I'm not saying 
because I'm not in that position. Yep. Like I was in a hand to mouth position for most of my twenties because of my own self-destructive behavior yeah. and because of a lot of like mental illness that hadn't been diagnosed and like blah, 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 which is a whole other story. But you know, once, once I'm well and I, and I have this, you know, this moment I can go, I mean, it's also like, you know, other questions like that I think get poo pooed or like, why are we here? Mm-hmm. Why, why is consciousness a thing? Like, yeah. are we alone in the universe? Like, if we're not, what does that mean? Like, like to really dream and have these big ideas, like we're sort of, I feel like people are sort of like poo poo. Like it's like, don't think that cause it's real navel gazing, but definitely check your phone. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, how is checking your phone and like responding to everything that Trump does not navel gazing in a weird yeah. way? Not that you shouldn't guys, not that you shouldn't. No, hundred percent. But tweet I, up a storm, you there's know? There's also, um, because you, we're, kind of weird they got into a political issue. sorry I didn't know no, 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 no. I'm also like the least political like yeah, I, no, I, but, I but it made me think of like a quote that's been floating around a bunch uh, that Churchill like during World War II was oh. when they suggested like cutting arts funding to like you know channel more money into the war and his right. response is then what are we fighting for yeah. and I think directly to like when people like say like well you're navel gazing like don't ask these questions like you should focus on other things so that people suffering it's like well that's I've, I've done my own suffering for this yes. so I can ask these questions. Yes. That's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't mean you can't be altruistic in some way. Oh, I certainly am in my life. You yeah. know, like it's not that you can't give They're back. They're not or, exclusive. Yeah. Whether so it, like that helps you. If you understand yourself better, you are able to the help whole, others. The, the thing is, the second you start helping other people, that's actually when you start, in my opinion, is when you start getting more introspective. Is like the second that you start going like, oh, there's this whole other world going on that's not me and my problems. Why am I here? What do I want? How am I going to contribute to the world? What am I going to leave when I go? Is it going to be children? Is it going to be art? Is it going to be, do I not care? Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in a weird way, it's like, do I not care about that stuff? Maybe I don't. Maybe I only cared about that stuff because my dad cared about that right. stuff. And you know, do I like women more than I like men? Uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't actually tried it, you know, like in this, uh, you know, sober capacity, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, do I enjoy, um, going to art museums? No, I actually don't find them. Like, I don't get anything out of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, which is you like know, a ta- taboo. I should, I gotta like art. Yeah. I, like museums. I must, I must, I have to do these things. Yeah. If I don't, well, I guess I don't even know what I'm saying. No, or I fine. feel bad. No, I, no, no, no. This is, uh, this is lovely and very organic and tangential. Um, I, I usually try to bring it back to uh, something of like taking what you've learned and looking back and yeah. it's, uh, what would be advice that you have for anybody else who is dealing with a ch- addiction or just like mostly addiction but also like channeling um, things that you're unable to speak about or you can't articulate because I think that's a really interesting thing. Oh yeah, work. about the stuff. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. mostly all tied into addiction but what would be your advice in just like battling through whatever demon that is? Yeah. Well, I think like as far as like the physical addict like actually mm-hmm. being addicted to something I just think like guys there's so much stuff out there just take one step. Yeah. You know, there's stuff that costs money, there's stuff that's free, there's stuff that's, um, you know, support group based. There's stuff that's individual therapy. Like just do one thing. Baby steps. They do just take one step towards yeah. uh, something. And I would suggest that you take the one you don't want to take because that will be the most sure. fruitful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I think the, that scares you a little. The one that scares you the most will probably bear the most fruit yeah. is my guess because that's that fear is about um, not wanting to actually know you yourself. So if you do the one that scares you, 
it'll crack you open a little bit mm-hmm. and you'll learn a little bit more about yourself, you know. Um, Has that also been a little bit your philosophy in terms of work as well? Oh, yes. A hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's, um, uh, the, the big thing I say to, to young writers is finish something. Yeah. Like just finish it. Cause that's the thing that scares you, right? Like you can write, you can start as many films as you want or TV pilots or whatever. Whatever it is. If you don't finish it, then you're not a writer. Yeah, I've often, I've often said, like, I felt like for a year or so I had a thing, and I used this metaphor, and I've used it before, but there was, like, during the Civil War, they would find dead soldiers with, like, 15 uh, rounds loaded into their musket because they were just so scared they would just continually just oh, load their gun. So they wouldn't have to stand up and do anything. They would just reload and reload and reload. It looks like I'm doing something. I'm going through the act of doing something, right. but I'm not actually executing. Yes. And oh my like, God, that's intense. And that's like what I, what I, I have felt that way at times. We're like, well, if I just keep on, yeah. I'm creating activity and I'm giving the sense that I'm doing something, yeah. but I'm just paralyzed in fear. Oh God, yeah. Even if I'm not cognizant of that. Oh yeah, that is such a good metaphor. Yeah. Especially for, I think, I mean, as an, as, as, that's literally what addiction is, is like just standing there looking busy. Like, yeah. I mean, you think that you're doing something, but you are not. Right. Nothing is happening. You know, like, so, you know, if you, you know, are out there and you feel like that, or you feel like you might have a problem or whatever, I say, just take, just that, just that one step. You know, it's not the rest of your life. It's not, you know, you're not, you don't have to make the change that I did. You know what I mean? Because I certainly didn't by like forecasting and being like, I want to be a lesbian filmmaker when I grow up. You know, like I didn't do that. I was just like, I I just need help. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to call that one person I know, you know, that, that I I think doesn't drink and Mm -hmm. ask them what they did, you know, like, and that's what I did. That was literally my first thing that I ever did when I was 24. And then, um, uh, you know, this, this past time, I, I don't remember exactly. I think I, I was already sort of plugged into certain things and places already knew me and <laughs> yeah. like, I had gone in and out of, you know, of several do. systems We've <laughs> that I was like, Hey, I'm back, you know, like, and they were like, Oh, okay. Oh, cool. We got your room for you. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> your, your regular table is yes. here. Um, but that first time, yeah. Like just take that first step, you know, cause you don't know where that's going to lead. And then as far as like, you know, that th- sort of therapeutic, you know, I think what I would say about that is that I, I think it was a really good place for me to start. Um, but I don't think it's a sustainable way to process your experience. Right. It was a really great place to start and it was really good to me, you know, um, you know, bachelorette and sleeping with other people being like essentially little morality plays about me, you know, (laughs) about, about me making peace with myself, which is why they both end happily, which I think people get very upset about. They're sort of like, why are there happy endings? And I'm like, I think because ultimately the movies are about very selfishly, um, me making peace with different parts of myself and accepting that that's the way that it is. Um, I am a slutty, you know, coke snorting piece of shit sometimes mm-hmm. you sure. know like who's only thinking about herself and that doesn't mean that I'm going to end up in a ditch or in a Tarantino movie getting no, my head blown off like all. it's like I could just end with a happy ending which is in my opinion would sort of happen but um, obviously not everybody but that for me was that but I do think that I've reached a point and I don't know if it's because I'm in my 30s now or I'm older or or if I was just lucky enough to be produced so now I've sort of seen it up and going sure. that I'm like mm, I think it might be time to start doing something different and start utilizing these tools less as therapeutic tools and more as just artistic, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
craft yeah. craftsmanship. Well, tell, me, tell me just stories that are interesting to me and they can always you know, look I mean any story I think I you'll be in that yeah you'll see through that. it yeah. yeah like you said the teabag thing it's like yeah. you you will be there yeah. like for sure like you know um you know, looking at uh, Jason's pilot, you know, I'm like, oh, the, there's a lot of me here, yeah. you know, but there's a lot of Jason, you yeah. know, like there's a lot of other people, like there's there's a lot of the actors, you know, it's it's like uh, the I, I'm trying to focus a little bit less on like me generating the whole thing out of out of some sort of need to tell a story so that I can make peace with some part of myself it's and a little bit more like now that I've learned how to yeah. direct and I've learned how to write, how can I utilize this tool to Make a living, make people happy, well, make people sad, whatever. That's a great way to a great way into that world is like I am working through, I'm telling a story that is very personal to me, mm -hmm. so like I need to do it. And that's yes. how it helps me, you know, uh, cut my teeth. And yes. I can take this into the world and to, to serve other stories. Lovely takeaways from all of this, I mean, it's just to take us, take one step. One step, yeah. And find out what you like. Yeah. Because those are like, those are the big things. Take one yeah. step in any direction. Yeah. Usually the one that scares you, that's gonna bear the most fruit. That's beautiful. Yeah. And like the hardest thing to do. And yeah. just fucking figure out what you really like. Yeah, I exactly. I think like that is a good mission statement for this podcast and for this life. <laughs> uh, thank you. I hope so. I think so. I hope so. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I appreciate your help. This was really fun. I see evidence of you and him that's scattered all around your room. I wonder if there's an inch. Well, how about that? That was fun, right? It was a good time. Uh, Leslie Headland, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, having me over to your uh, amazing brownstone apartment, Leslie. Uh, it was really great to talk to you. Thank you for taking time out of your Sunday. Um, if you want to see what else is going with Leslie, first, go watch her movies, read her plays. She's great. Uh, you can also check her out on Twitter. It's at Leslie Headland. Leslie is spelled a fancy way. It's at L-E-S. L-Y-E Headland. There you go. Check her out. She's fantastic. Thank you again. Um, who else can I say thank you to? Oh, a lot of people probably, but let me start off by saying thank you to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes. Also, thank you to Julie Pot and Kingdom Flying Club for art and music. And the biggest thank you, as always, goes to you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being pals. Uh, it makes my days a little better. Okay. Love you guys.